Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, this is Mike with Rogue Media Network. As Texas opens back up, some of our shows have chosen to continue to record from remote locations. Some of our other shows have started recording in studio with very few people observing social distancing. Thanks for listening, and please be safe. My name is Autumn Outlaw, and this is an original Outlaw podcast. I have mentioned that I love Dr. Pepper, but I haven't had the opportunity to really express my fandom for the sweet, bubbly soft drink. So while my friend Mary Beth Farrell is living what I consider a dream job, she is the Director of Development and Communications at the Dr. Pepper Museum and Free Enterprise Institute located here in Waco. It is full of Dr. Pepper knowledge, and she knows tons about Waco because of her job there. She also is a digital marketing guru and all-around neat lady. Welcome, Mary Beth. Hi, thank you. Yeah, I'm so glad to have you here. We've been friends for quite a while, um, and we'll dig in a little bit more in a minute about how we met and kind of our friendship. Um, but I want you to tell everyone about you and your family and kind of what brought you to Waco. Yeah, well, I went to Baylor, uh, like a lot of us. I started out there. I actually came in as a transfer student, so I didn't uh, have the traditional Baylor experience, but I had uh, been working as a legal secretary back home when I, I was going to community college, and when I moved to Waco, I was like, I don't want to do that anymore. I want to work in a job where I'm doing what I'm going to school for, which was museum studies and history, and so I, this is what I always say, that I pretty much bullied the people at the Dr. Pepper <laughs> Museum into giving me a job, like in the back room, just labeling old bottles. Um, but I loved working there so much, and I worked there all through my time at Baylor, and then I came on full-time after I graduated. So how many years have you been there? It will be 16 years in May. Oh, wow. You're too young to be there 16 years. That's <laughs> awesome. That's very cool. And so along the way, you met, or you actually knew your husband before, but you reconnected with your husband. Yes. And so, and then you have a little girl. Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. Um, he and I knew each other in high school. We dated for a little while. We were mainly just best friends in high school, and then life happened for a long time, and we reconnected in 2010, and then uh, we got married in 2014. And, yeah, he moved here to Waco, and he's a teacher. And then we had a little girl in 2017, oh, and so um, it's so much fun. It's one of, you know, you know, it's so scary mm -hmm. before it happens, and then after <laughs> it happens, you're just like, how did we live without her? So um, it's, it's always fun. And then she actually came to the museum with me. Um, when was it Friday and we were walking through, I was just trying to pass through quickly and she was looking at everything in awe. And I was like, Oh, right. Like I work at a place <laughs> where kids like to come right. and see things. And so I stopped and kind of took a moment to soak it in and watch 
her look at everything for the first time. So that was fun. I can imagine that it is kind of different because, you know, I've worked in places where you bring kids. It's like, be quiet. Here's a notepad and color and just kind of keep yourself entertained. But you work somewhere where she wants to go and engage and see everything in the building. (laughs) Yeah, she wanted to touch everything. We had to get ice cream or we were not going to leave without a a fit. And so we we got ice cream and sat out in the courtyard and made it together. So it was fun. Well, the museum is so wonderful. And we'll talk more about that in a few minutes. But I want to talk about like how we met and kind of our friendship over the years. Um, It's such a funny thing to say, but we met because of Twitter. Mm -hmm. Um, And I have many friends in Waco who I've met through Twitter because we have this really awesome community that kind of as Twitter started goodness probably back 20 probably 09 maybe 2010 right, right. um twitter started and there were kind of us early adopters who got on there and met each other and we would meet for lunch every now and then and all that so um there's even a little group that call yourself the twitter raleigh <laughs> yeah the waco twitter raleigh yeah yep. um it was interesting though. I mean, looking back, it sounds crazy, but it really was a fun way. A lot of us are within the marketing kind of career path. Um, and so that was kind of our, our job to either be on there for the company we worked for or the organization or just to kind of find people you wouldn't normally know and meet out anywhere else. Yeah. I mean, my housemates before, um, um, well, I mean, my husband lived in the house too. That was kind of a whole um, mishmash of people, but I met them through Twitter and we became good friends. And then, yep, you and I met through Twitter. And then one of my good friends, um, I just went to her wedding a couple weekends ago who I met through Twitter and it, it was back when Twitter was very small, and mm-hmm. I feel like now we, you know, I know I've followed so many brands or celebrities on Twitter, and that's just not how it was. Now. Yeah, yeah it, it's definitely a platform to connect and get to each other, not to push your your brand or your, right. yeah, it's a different different time, but it was wonderful, and I, it was such a fun way to meet people and get to know them on a different level, um, and within that, we used to have a social media, uh, like, breakfast that started around that time where we'd meet, like, once a month, and it was a chance to hear how people were using social media um, to connect or, or for their brand through marketing, um, and now, and that's evolved so much, and you're a huge part of that now. It's still going on. You and Karen Brown are working through that. We are, yes. I mean, our roles just as professionals have changed over the years, and the, the breakfast has changed over the years, and we... Uh, just got together to kind of rethink how we want to move forward with it. So that's going to be exciting and that will um, come out in April, we hope. Um, But yeah, I mean, the point is just to stay connected Mm -hmm. to helping small businesses or professionals in the community connect with each other and learn how to use social media to make that happen for them. Um, It's something we're both really passionate about and I know you are too. So Well, and it's something... Yeah, I've spoken to a um, PRSA group, which is a, like a right, PR right. group, and they wanted me to talk about how I do some segments for local TV station. They're like, well, how did you get into that? And I'm like, I'll be completely honest. Like, I don't have a, a background in um, broadcasting. Um, I have a you know more of a general marketing business degree, um, but I connected through Twitter with the different um, newscasters and the journalists um, who worked at the news station and got to know them. And I, used, I talked about how I was going to school to get a bachelor's degree while I was working and raising my son, and I like to do arts and crafts and, and just throwing things out there. And and they're like, hey, we need someone to come and talk about Fourth of July decorations. Will you come on the on our you know morning show? And I never said no. If, unless I had a conflict, I'm like, sure, I'll do that. So as I got to you know, go on the show and do or the newscast and do different things, um, that led me into where when they had an opening for these little moms everyday segments, like you'd be great. You're comfortable on camera. I'm like, I'm not very polished. I don't know what I'm doing, but that's what they wanted. And so yeah, people it's, like that honesty. Yeah, it was the kind of authentic, like here you get what you see kind of thing. So um, it's interesting how Twitter has led it to so many opportunities. And again, like we mentioned, it's different, but it's still a great way to connect with people um, as long as you're doing it the right way and being yourself I think that's, that's really important um, we mentioned the social media breakfast that we used to do there's also we had a convention that's been probably at least seven years ago yes. uh, they called it new media convention and there was a group of us who started off this little twitter group who offered um, it was a one-day convention here in Waco and offered tips and tricks and we have different people come in we have some from Baylor Athletics come and talk about how they uh, did the um, RG3 Heisman kind of campaign and to me I mean that was really interesting to see all the detail that went into that and how they use social media to drum up the interest behind RG3. I mean, he was an incredible athlete, but to really explain how they went through that, how they connected with people, same kind of way I did with, you know, those people who um, 
maybe influenced voters on, on, on that. So, and there was great content for that. It was a lot of fun to work on, on that. Yeah, it was, I really am sad that we haven't been able to do it again because I mean, they were, he was the keynote speaker and then we had, set, I mean, it was set up exactly like a conference. It was only one day, but we had our sessions throughout the day. We had great attendance and it was, it was a big undertaking though. It was, yeah. Um, I don't know. I wish we could do something like that again. I think uh, there are enough businesses and professionals here in town, especially with kind of the excitement going on about entrepreneurship here in Waco, that we we could do it again. Just saying yes to everything. I think, I think we're <laughs> selling ourselves up for something to be I know. <laughs> ready for. But I agree. I think it, it was really neat. And I got to meet people who, again, face-to-face who I hadn't met because, you know, through the internet, through Twitter, you talk to them and see them face-to-face in that convention was really neat. And so uh, it's a great connection. So maybe we could consider either um, passing the torch to someone else to do that or, you know, helping somebody help, helping someone do that. Uh, but the way that you and I know each other the best is through the Dr. Pepper Museum. Um, I uh, got to know the museum through a, our friend, a mutual friend, Katie, who was an intern there um, and worked there. And she was Peggy Pepper, who's kind of like the unofficial mascot from right. Dr. Like, Pepper icon. Yes, from like the 50s. Is that kind of the time when Peggy Pepper was? Uh, she was in the 40s. In the, the 40s. 40s. So Katie is precious. And she would dress up like Peggy Pepper and would be like a little bit of a mascot at some of the events and stuff. And so she talked about the museum. And I talked about through Twitter and all the social media about my love for Dr. Pepper. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a Texas girl at heart. I love to drink it. I'm surprised I don't have one in front of me right now. I didn't bring one today. Um, so Katie kind of got me a little bit more engaged in the museum and about seven years ago I joined the board for the museum and now I'm the uh, chairperson for the the board of directors for the museum so I get to work with you often yes I'm very excited yes, to have a a marketing professional be our board chair it's yes. awesome it's a lot of work a lot of hours but it's so much fun and, and to see the museum grow and change over the last seven years is since I've been on the board is incredible um, and so uh, it's been really fun to get to know you in that capacity too and we bonded recently over our love of American Girl doll yes <laughs> absolutely so fun I I discovered that I had a magazine, a little mail-out kind of catalog from 1989, and I had mentioned that I found it, and I looked at that magazine so much, the pages are, like, crinkled and, like, it's been very loved, because I was about probably, probably 11, maybe, you know, borderline of being too old for American Girl dolls, but I loved them, they were so pretty, and never got one, and you mentioned that you actually had a doll. I had Felicity, yes. yes, and I, it was a, the sign that I was going to be a museum professional in some way, because I had all of her outfits, I mean, I still do, let's be honest, <laughs> all of them um, meticulously organized and um, bagged up in little Ziploc baggies with labels on them. That's awesome. And um, I recently just put that entire tub with all of them, plus the Felicity doll, up in the uh, shelves of my daughter's closet. And when she's a little bit older, she'll get to inherit all of those things. Um, she's very fastidious about yeah. her things, kind <laughs> of like I am, so I think she'll really appreciate um, the care that went into um, keeping all of them together. Um, and then my sister, I love my sister so much, but her, she had the Samantha doll and her stuff is just everywhere. She played with it. Yes, like, I mean, yeah. she, she really did. You loved it in different ways. You loved looking very at it, adoring it. She loved playing and doing hair and stuff, I'm sure. Exactly, <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, it was, well, I had mentioned it to you because I saw a Instagram account where a girl is recreating the historic outfits of, um, is it, it's not Samantha, it's... Um, Kirsten, mm. the Kirsten doll, and she has gotten a lot of uh, recognition from the American Girl uh, podcast that they do and everything, and so we were, yes, bonding over that, and I actually took your magazine and scanned it, because I was like, oh, we can't let this uh, I know. go. It's so, such good memories from childhood. I know, so. me too. I had a couple books, but never had a doll. I had a good friend who bought me a gift card recently to go buy a doll, and I'm like, I'm 41 oh my years old! I will so do it's it! It's never too late. It's, it's never, never too late. And my girls have some dolls that are handed over from uh, my niece, and they love them too, so it's such a, a neat memory. I, I was, it was fun to kind of connect with you on that too, because <laughs> it is such a fun thing from childhood. It's, it's fun that you mentioned how uh, keeping your, your doll nice and, and neat and organized to kind of let into the museum. It, it makes a lot of sense. Like it's a little embarrassing, but I'm yeah. also kind of proud of myself, yeah, right? that's great. <laughs> All right, we'll take a little break and come back and talk about the museum a little bit more. It's a passion of mine. Um, there's such great history, such a deep history at the museum, not only for Dr. Pepper, but for Waco. So we'll be back in a few minutes to talk more about that.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the one thing people always say they wish they still had after a disaster or fire? Photographs. Revision Photo Restoration is dedicated to helping preserve and restore your memories. Take advantage of this extra time you have at home to go through those old boxes of photos. If you're feeling overwhelmed by the process, follow them on Pinterest for organizational tips and tricks for old photos. They have on-site fire and weatherproof storage facilities to ensure the safety of your images, so you don't have to ship off all your memories to a larger company. Revision can handle everything from slides and negatives to film and prints. Revision Photo Restoration is local to Waco and located at 2001 Franklin Avenue. Call 254-297-9754 for an appointment or instructions on how to send in files digitally. Revision Photo Restoration. Check them out on Instagram at Revision Photo. Welcome back. Waco is known to many for, well, a few silos. But before that, Waco is known as the birthplace of one popular soft drink, Dr. Pepper. That's right. And Waco is home to the Dr. Pepper Museum and Free Enterprise Institute. Mary Beth is here today. She works there and has been there for 16 years and knows all the ins and outs of the museum. And so I want her to kind of fill us in on, on some things about the museum. So if you come to Waco, um, you want to come to the silos, you know there's more to see than just the silos there at Magnolia. So Mary Beth, tell me kind of a brief history of the Dr. Pepper Museum. Yeah, so I have been there a long time, and I just love the museum so much. It's such a fun place, and I really love pop culture. I love kind of Americana, and so that was a perfect fit for me. And when I started working there back in 2004, um, it was a very small place. And the one thing that if people walk away from this podcast remembering nothing else, I want them to remember that the museum is actually a nonprofit organization. It's not owned by Dr. Pepper. We're not a corporate museum. And the museum really started as a um, passion project to save the historic bottling plant building that the museum is housed in. Which has really cool history of its own because uh, it was damaged in the tornado that hit Waco in 1953. Yes, and, and you can still see the scar on the side of the yes, building. So that, that not only is the items inside historical, but the building is a huge piece of history. Yes, and it was built by a famous local architect named Milton Scott, who built several other famous buildings in town. And so it has, it's just unique and it's really the kind of jewel of our of all the stuff we have which is a lot of stuff it's the most important thing we have and take care of Um, and so you know that was started in 1991 when downtown Waco was kind of a wasteland Um, after the tornado a lot of businesses moved away from downtown and only recently have started to come back in full force and so the museum was kind of I mean that's where the building was so that's where the museum had to be and you know it it stood there by itself for a long time Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we we had visitors come you know from all over the world even then um, but it was a really small operation, small staff, um, small budget. <laughs> and so getting to be there for a long time to now, um, we are a big staff. We have to operate like a big organization, and we've made a lot of changes. It, there are some growing pains, but when you have so many visitors coming in, because we are only about two blocks away from the silos, um, and seeing the silos become what they've become when they were, I mean, just sitting there vacant it's for inc- so many years. It's incredible, you know? yes. I remember when there was talks that they were going to build Build that. I mean, silos were there, but build around that. And we're like, oh, that sounds neat. Not knowing the impact it would right, have we could never on Vico or the museum. Yeah, it's it's incredible. So yeah, I mean, we really want people to think of us as kind of the other bucket list item to see when they're in Waco. Um, you know, the museum is 
run by a bunch of history nerds. That's what we love. But we are trying very hard to make it a fun, engaging place for people of all ages. You know, so there are lots of things for kids to do. And we're also spending a lot of time just on maintenance of the building and making sure because our other building is also a historic building. It was not associated with Dr. Pepper, but it was actually built way before the bottling plant building in 1882. And uh, it was a wholesale grocery company. And so it's one of the oldest buildings still in downtown Waco. And so we have all the fun issues that come with historic buildings. <laughs> like bathrooms not working right and yes. water needing to be replaced and all that. Plumbing and roofs <laughs> and leaks and, you know, buckets catching water in an exhibit. It was not, not ideal, but um, we love our historic buildings, yeah. so we, we deal with it. Um, but yeah, we want to make sure the buildings are solid and ready for, you know, the next two million people to come visit us. We celebrated our two millionth visitor in May of last year. And so. how did y'all celebrate that? It's awesome. I wish I was there. Yeah. Well, Autumn was not allowed <laughs> I know, I was to come allowed that to be day. Because they gave away. <laughs> gave away your supply of Dr. Pepper. Yes, which lasts me about maybe a month, I think. But <laughs> but no, that was awesome. It was a great way to get people, people there and, and to, you know, celebrate that. It's, that's amazing. It was really fun. <laughs> We're actually, I'm going to do it again this year. Uh, obviously oh. not too visitors but um, on our birthday event which is actually May 9th okay. this year our official birthday is May 11th but uh, we are going to give another way away another uh, your slide Dr. Pepper nice. so we haven't decided on the criteria for that yet all of us um, nerds at the museum think it should be the 1024th person because it's 1024 oh there you go because <laughs> so funny right? we, we all think that's hilarious but I don't know <laughs> I don't know exactly how we're going to choose um, choose who uh, you know the number or whatever but we're, we're going give to give it away again so 1024 tell us what that means request for those who don't know Yes, very important. If you're a Dr. Pepper fan or a Texan or anybody who considers themselves a Texan, you should know what 1024 means. Yes, I do, just to make sure it's clear. I know, just to make sure everybody else does too. <laughs> so that is when you're supposed to drink your Dr. Pepper every day. And it comes from an advertising campaign that was started in the 1920s. And the slogan that went along with it was drink a bite to eat at 10, 2, and 4. So it was actually genius because it was telling people they needed at least three Dr. Peppers a day least, yes. to make it through the day. <laughs> and it was kind of advertised as a meal replacement. I do like to point out that Dr. Peppers at that time were only about six and a half ounces. So not like a Route 44. Right. <laughs> or Dr. Pepper three times a day. They were small. Good. More like an energy shot kind of situation. Gotcha. So they all have the um, soda fountain there where you can make, you can have, or you can see them make the drink right in front of you. Talk through what that looks like at the soda fountain. Yeah, our old-fashioned soda fountain, which is uh, also the home of the original Dr. Pepper float. Um, so our specialty is the Dr. Pepper float, um, which I'll talk about in a minute. But yes, you can see a handmade Dr. Pepper or a Dr. Pepper being made by hand at the soda fountain. And that um, starts out with a cup of ice. Ice is really crucial to keep that carbonation going in the water. Um, and obviously, an ice cold Dr. Pepper is the best. Um, oh, yes. So, <laughs> so it starts out with some ice, and then they pump the syrup straight over the ice. And then you finish it off by um, you kind of do the slow release of the carbonated water over it to fill the glass up most of the way. And then the handle that releases carbonated water flips backward and releases kind of a jet stream of carbonated water. And that mixes everything together using the carbonated water. Um, and so in the end, you get a perfectly mixed Dr. Pepper. But of course, everyone's a little bit different because it's being handmade by our soda jerks. But they're always like the best, regardless <laughs> of who makes it. They're always so good. Just It tastes so different from it does. the soda fountain there. They're so good. Um, I want to go get one right now. I may have to go <laughs> when we get done to go grab one. They're, they're my favorite. They're so good. What do you think the kids enjoy the most about the museum? Like what um, activity or, or what do y'all have there that kids love the most? Well, I've noticed that no matter the age of our visitors, our, our teaching well is a fan favorite every time. And that is the actual well that you can look down into. That was where the water for the Dr. Peppers came from when the building was originally built. And it was used from 1906 until the 1920s. And I mean, it's it's kind of a static exhibit as it is right now. We are starting fundraising this year to update that exhibit because it is everybody's favorite. Um, and our goal is to have it so people can walk over the well. Awesome. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. I don't know, but that's the goal. <laughs> but people just love looking because that is 
something you don't get to see every day and it's not particularly interactive other than getting to look down it but people love it they oh, love it so much very cool it's such a neat thing to see it's so deep too it's like where's the yes. bottom it's a little bit kind of scary but it's, it's amazing that it's still there and it's inside the building and you can see it it's really really neat it's definitely fan favorite every time and then kids also really love the liquid lab which is our um, live demonstration that we do several times a day and our staff does such a great job with those and everybody thinks that you're going to get to see how dr pepper is being is made like the ingredients in dr pepper that is not true it's unfortunately secret. it's a yep. secret but we do lots of great science-based demonstrations um one of uh the favorite of our visitors is um fantastic flavors which is when you get to kind of taste different things and like cover or like hold your nose and it's about how your sense of taste and smell work together ah. um, to allow you to enjoy your favorite beverage very neat and y'all do a lot of cool things with cooking with dr pepper also and so um i need to make sure i go next time we need to have some of the cookies and some of the different treats that you're making so i can try those out or at least get recipes and make sure which is actually all we always online. post them on facebook yeah. yes and they're all historic recipes dr pepper as a company just did a lot with cooking with their beverages which is kind of an interesting thing and some, some of the recipes are really really good and some of them are really terrible and i, I think the terrible ones are the funniest because yeah. you just get people's live reactions and we're all like oh no it's like <laughs> so cooking fails yep yeah but you know yeah it is what it is on that well thank you so much for giving us the update on the museum we're gonna take a quick break and come back and talk about social media a little bit more um and so stick around we'll be right back Hello, I'm Ann Harder. Central Texas Living has found a new home on the Rogue Media Network in a podcast. Join me each week as I talk to a new guest from our community that you may know or have always wanted to. We'll talk about exciting events, progress, changes in our little part of the world, and much more. And if you've got people you'd love to hear from on the podcast, just drop me a line at ann at roguemedianetwork.com. The show you've loved over the years on television is now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Subscribe today and we'll see you next time on Central Texas Living. Thanks for coming back. I have Mary Beth Farrell here with the Dr. Pepper Museum. And we talked earlier about social media. That's how we, we met through Twitter. And uh, both of us have worked in the marketing uh, fields over the years. And so Mary Beth really is, I feel like an expert. I would use that term and I feel comfortable calling you an expert in uh, marketing and social media. So you also help support the Waco Social Media Breakfast um, that's been going on for about 11 years. Would you, do you mind kind of telling us about kind of where it is now and the programming that you have so that maybe if others are interested in starting something in their own community or maybe getting involved here in Waco, they know a bit more about that? Yeah, you know, Karen Brown is really the person who started that, and I came in as a speaker and then have helped her with it, you know, in different capacities over the years. And, you know, we both are at very different places in our professions now, and um, we want to kind of revamp how it's being done and make it, I mean, we haven't really announced this yet, but we have talked about it a little bit. Our goal is to make it kind of like a Crash Course 101 um, and kind of cover the same topics throughout the year so people know what to expect. And I, I ha just have noticed that our audience um, – at the breakfast are more on the beginner level and are often the only person in their organization doing any kind of social or tasked with doing any kind of social media um, or digital marketing and they don't really know where to turn to get the resources they need. It happens a lot. I think um, businesses start and they're so focused on the business. It's like, oh, we need to market. We need to tell right. people about it. So they just find someone who may know a little bit about it and they say, here, go. And they don't right. know what to do. So this is a great resource for those people who are maybe not as seasoned in marketing but need to know the basics to get running. Right. And I mean, the, the goal of the group is obviously to get together in person. Mm -hmm. It's a networking opportunity. And but, but our goal is to 
expand on that and have, I mean, we, we discuss having like six to eight different topics every year that are kind of standard. These are topics that aren't going away, you know, that are, I mean, the information surrounding them might change every year, but, you know, I think the biggest um, roadblock that we've had with keeping things going consistently is having guest speakers lined up to come in. And this way, Karen or I can present on those topics as needed and then have guest speakers come in as we have them available. But this is another great opportunity. I mean, you know, don't wait for us to come to you. You know, if you have a topic um, or have a resource that would be helpful to businesses in town, come to us and we can um, slot that in with one of these presentations or do a separate one. You know, we are very open to ideas that will help um, businesses in the community. And where do you find more information about the, the group? Um, you can find our on our Facebook page is Waco Social Media Breakfast, and uh, Karen and I both get the messages going to there, and we would love for you to join. Great. So, what's the number one tip that you would give someone who's starting out, maybe social media, uh, trying to figure out which what to do? What What's the number one tip you offer? Well, I think you just have to do it. You just have to. It's scary, and you want it to be polished and very um, professional, and you know, no mistakes. And people like messy. I think <laughs> people like to see that there's a real person behind a business or organization. And it's been interesting for me working in the museum field where, you know, a lot of the people who are doing um, digital marketing really well are big organizations and they have whole teams to do it. And they also tend, not all of them, but tend to have to stay on the serious side mm -hmm. of things. And I really am for feel very fortunate that I got to grow my experience at a place where um, I was the only one doing it. I had a passion to do digital marketing and I had a, a board and a boss who were like, well, we're kind of scared of it. We don't know, but we believe you when you say we should be doing it. So I got to do it and kind of make all the mistakes along the way and do too much and do too little. And now we've kind of settled down and formalized. And I like that we don't have to take ourselves too seriously. Um, so as a small business or somebody kind of just starting up, I think just being open and honest in whatever way is most comfortable to you, whether that's a podcast like this or, you know, Facebook Live videos or just posts or graphics, whatever is um, easiest for you to do consistently and just be honest and authentic, you know, because that's what's going to get the best reaction. Authentic is really, being authentic is very important. I know that's something people want to try to, you know, change how they look in different ways, but authenticity is definitely, I think, key for marketing. It's important. It is. And that's kind of what we were talking about with Twitter earlier. That's what I feel like, you know, those were the <laughs> the Wild West days. Yeah. I feel like. Find yourself. You know, <laughs> out, yeah. I feel like even at the, at the Dr. Park Museum now, you know, I have a full-time marketing person supporting me and, you know, the Instagram feed looks so polished and beautiful and the pictures are nice because we all have professional cameras in our pockets and everything, you know, it's like we've kind of gotten away from that a little bit. I mean, I think we're where we need to be now, but um, yeah, I liked that, that kind of um, no rules environment yeah. <laughs> that yeah. we were in back then. It's like, so have I been reading this or watching this? And then they were, but yeah, I definitely now you, have, you're, you know, you're being watched, you know, people are seeing things, which is great. It's, that's the whole point of it. But yeah, the no rules area was kind of a fun way to learn and evolve. And so, well, yeah, because I think digital marketing is essential mm -hmm. now and there's, you know, a few things that you can do that are going to benefit your, your business more than investing in a person who cares about doing those things well for you. And I know investing in people is expensive. It, it is. And I mean, it's taken me literally 15 years to get a full-time person to help me with these things. Um, and I'm very grateful that we're at that point now, but um, it's, it makes a huge difference. It does. So tell us where that we can go and find out more about the museum. Our website is drpreppermuseum.com and you can find us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Dr. Pepper Museum. And yeah, we have a lot of different resources. Um, all of our events are on our Facebook page. And they're so much fun. Great we, have, we have a ton of stuff yep. going on all the time and a lot of it is geared specifically towards the community. So definitely check that out. Um, if you go to our website, our events page links directly to our Facebook page. So that's just where it's going to go. But um, yeah, definitely like us on Facebook and follow us. And um, we put out a lot of information. So. <laughs>
It's great. It's branded so cute. I love the look and feel of all the stuff that you do. It's, it's wonderful. If you are in Waco, I encourage you to go to the museum. I know it's easy to be like, oh, that's a, a visitor tourist location. It's, it's too busy on weekends, but it's not really. Um, the museum is large enough to, to handle all kinds of visitors at all capacity. So go and, and flood the, visit, the museum. <laughs> um, go to the soda fountain and grab a original um, Dr. Pepper float. They're so good. Uh, so be sure you visit. If you're not from Waco and you're visiting, if you go to Magnolia Silos, walk on over about a block and a half and be sure you visit the museum. It, it's definitely worth it. Um, and also, um, as a wrap up, make sure you visit Rogue Media Network for all the other podcasts that represent Waco. There's a lot of great content out there. And you can go to originaloutlaw.com um, to see a little bit more and visit um, originaloutlaw.com on Facebook too. Thanks so much for joining us, Mary Beth. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. It. Thank yeah. you for having me. Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you next time. Bye. This has been Rogue Media Network Podcast.